Join me, in, um, join me in another prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for just this opportunity to gather. We thank you for um, just stillness, um, a pause in our weeks, a pause in our worries and our stress and our fears, a pause to get nourishment and filled up. Um, Father, a reminder that the sun will rise again as well as it sets, that your mercies are new. And Father, be with us. Please just protect our hearts, protect our minds, protect our decisions, our loved ones, our family, protect our steps and our sleep. Protect our dreams. We just love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So I had to um, continually, continually ask him questions over and over and over and over again. But about his church, about his church, I, I've watched this man, I've watched this man do church for a couple days now, maybe a week or so. And I had to ask him questions because this man um, started a church in York, England. Um, it's a Calvary Chapel in York, England. And I was there last March in what was easily, if someone asked me uh, what was the worst time in your life, it was last March. And so I was in England in March, you know, as an escape. You know, anybody else uh, take trips to escape something and just say, YOLO, get out of here, right? So I was in England and I watched and I just listened to all these stories about this church, this beautiful church right out on the outskirts of York. If you know anything about York, it is a Roman town and not a Roman town, but it's like a Roman wall was around this town. And inside this town was all the shops and it's a big shopping mall-ish restaurants. It's very touristy, very, very, very beautiful. But on the outskirts, just right across the street, here is Calvary Chapel in York. And this is where he pastored. And right across the street, a part of the wall was the coffee shop called Gatehouse Coffee. And it was a castle, right? It was like the gates of, and it was the, it was the coolest thing ever. And the coffee shop and the church were working hand in hand. But hearing the stories about how this church started, if you know anything about me, the only thing that has kept me going, of course, is Jesus, but also stories of church plants and starting churches and things and barriers and things people had to hurdle and just overcome and overcome and persevere and persist over and over and over again. And stories where they met on the top of the coffee shop, they didn't own it yet, and then they moved into the coffee shop and then they bought the coffee shop and then they moved across the street into one little condo and then they moved to a couple condos and then they bought the warehouse and then over and over time uh, goes on and over 20 years they now have a, a bible college where i was so blessed oh my goodness what a blessing it was to go over there and teach a couple classes and like oh my lord like 40 college students on this little tiny campus in york england uh, uh, about 20 condos and a huge beautiful auditorium offices Across the street was the coffee shop. 
over 20 years and it was so beautiful. So I kept asking and hearing questions about the roots and the stories of this church. And I'm like, wow. And before I left, I stayed there for about a month. And before I left, I finally asked him a pastoral question. I didn't ask him a question um, regarding to my life or my heartbreak or my depression or whatever it looks like. I asked him a pastoral question. I'm like, if I can take one thing home with me, if I can take one, home, like one sentence, one tip, one anything, please give me something. You've persevered for 20 years. I look up to you highly. What can you give me? And he just took a pause and he's a, he's a shorter stature man. And if you guys anything know, if you guys know Jane and Levi, it's uh, Jane's dad um, over in England. Um, they used to lead worship here and stuff. So they'll be back. Um, shorter guy and he just took a pause and just like was holding his hands. He's kind of fidgety, you know, because, you know, you, you meet pastors that have pers persevered for, through some things. You can just see in their eyes and he goes, he looks at me and I'm so fully attentive because I know he's got something good. And he said, I just got out of the way and I learned, I learned to teach my people to get out of God's way as well. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Um, we're going to get out of the way and more specifically me. I'm going to get out of the way and let God speak. And I've never done this before. Um, and I just felt the Holy Spirit throughout my week of trying to figure out what I was going to talk about. And over and over again, that story of March, last year, March, and it's March and it's just kind of resurfacing and all this stuff. And I'm like, learn how to get out of the way, learn how to get out of God's way. How am I in God's way? And sometimes I think I'm, I talk too much or even pastors nowadays, it's no flame or nothing against anybody. Um, but I feel like there's so many voices, so many pastors can, you know, these fancy church words like hermeneutics, eisegesis, exegesis, they can pull scripture, pull a lesson out of it. And we hear so many lessons. And today we're just going to get out of the way. And I've never done this before. So open your Bibles um, to 1 John. 1 John. If you don't have a Bible, um, this is what I want to say to you right here and right now. Is the scriptures and Jesus' words, it says, he says it a lot. Those who have ears, let them hear. And if you call yourself a Christian, we have to get good at listening. We have to get good at pausing and listening. Christina, can we just turn it down just a little bit? Um, we have to get really, really good at listening and hearing God's word. And it's just really, really, really important to me to remind us to get out of the way. And everyone at first, John. And this is what we're going to do. Uh, you might have never been to a church service that did like this, or you have, but we're going to read the entire book. All of five chapters. Don't worry. Please take a deep breath. It only, when I read it and practiced it, it only took like 15 minutes. And I think we have 15 minutes. I think, I know some of us, like myself, really addicted to uh, TikTok and Instagram and stuff. And our, and our, our attention span is really, 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 really short. And if you call yourself a Christian, 
please hear these words. And if you don't call yourself a Christian here, you're welcome here. It's easy to belong here. But hear these words because if you have any inkling of truth and hope in your life, this is the only, these are the only words we can stand on is Scripture. And we're just going to get out of the way tonight. Amen? And get out of the way. So 1 John, and I pray, like, if you guys, this is what's cool. Um, Moses, Moses' scripture were read um, in one sitting most of the time. And the numbers, the big numbers and the little numbers in your Bible were only introduced in the 1500s. Okay, for easy navigation. And so before that, we read the whole scroll. You know, like, I really wish we had a scroll here and then just read it whole scroll. And when you feel something, because what's really cool when I read, when you read a whole chunk of scripture, it might hit every single one of you guys in a different way. And that's what's the beauty of scripture. It's not necessarily, you know, I'm usually a topical teacher and I teach you one thing, chunk of scripture, boom. And I don't know what the Lord's doing, but the Lord's doing something different today. And I hope, please, these next 15-ish minutes, hear the words of the Lord that give you hope and truth so you can go out in the world and be free. Okay? Amen? Uh, verse number one. First John, thank you, Lord, for your scripture. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Amen, anybody? Amen. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Chapter 2, verse 3. We know that we have come to know Him if we keep His commands. Whoever says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands, is a liar and the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. 
This is how we know we, must, we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have, which you have had since the beginning. This command is the message you have heard, yet I'm writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you. Let me pause here for a second. I see the way Alicia got up here and blessed and honored people as such a beautiful example of the truth and the love of Jesus being in someone when you can see the truth and the love and the beauty in others. Because darkness, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Verse 9. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Amen. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of, the God, of God lives forever. Reminds me of that beautiful quote, um, only one life and it will soon pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. Verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. Amen. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as he has taught you, remain in him. Abide in Jesus. Amen. Verse 28. And now, dear children, continue in him 
so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed. I cast out any shame in this room right now. If you feel shameful or guilt, I cast that away. Before him at his coming, verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Chapter 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Amen. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one lives in him, keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does the, what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right in, anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother and sister. Verse 11. We, all, we okay? We're, we're making it? We're making it? For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder, why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Verse 16. This is how we know what, the lo what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our, heart, our hearts at rest in His presence. I just felt the Holy Spirit just... If there's any broken hearts in here, the Lord sets your heart at rest. Verse 20. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask, 
because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. It's not ever supposed to be complicated. The one who keeps God's command lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Chapter 4. We're almost there. I heard everyone saying, oh, just read 2 John and 3 John. Read his Gospel of John. Baptist style, five hours. Okay. I would need some water and another matcha. Okay. Matcha. <laughs> All the other jokes I say, but when I say matcha, you know, okay, it's fine. Everything's fine. Verse, uh, chapter 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You know how convicting that is for a pastor to read sometimes? I'm like, am I a false prophet? Or a false teacher? We might just do this forever because I don't want to be a false teacher. I was just like, I just read, you know? <laughs> Anyways. Verse 2. This is how, did I already read that? No, verse 2. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his son, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That is one of very, one if not the only verse that cross-references from John 3.16. It's 1 John 4.10. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Anybody rely on the love of God? Anybody? God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us that we will have the confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love 
drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet, hate, yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Last chapter, last chapter. Verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Verse 6. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony of God, which He has given us about His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar, because they have not believed the testimony God has given about His Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that, that we are children of God, and the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Praise God for that. So that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being his, in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourself, yourselves from idols. Amen. Love it, you guys. You just, we just read through a whole book of the Bible. So if you've never read through a book of the Bible in your life, you just did. Amen. It counts. You listen to it. Because I'm an audio 
book person and sometimes I'd fight. I'm like, did you actually read it though? You just listened to it? You just, anyways. Um, and I just want to remind you that the key points of this passage, um, I should have had this up there. I, you know, I got out of the way today. Um, the letter that we just read, um, I just want to give you guys this couple sentences. This le the letter testifies to the reality of the Messiah's coming in the flesh, reassuring the believers that they have full access to the truth. Each and every single one of you guys calling yourselves Christians have access to the truth. It emphasizes godly living and practical caring as the signs of those who genuinely know God. So this is what we're going to do. Um, if it's your first time here, I love that you're here. Um, but every single Sunday, we take 10 minutes. We take 10 minutes and we're going to sit with God. I think silence and solitude is a very lost art. And you're going to sit there by yourself. And we talked about that question or I, that lesson that I learned. Um, I just got out of the way. And right now you're going to put your schedule aside, you're going to put your worries aside, and you're going to get out of the way, and you're going to sit with God. Um, you can pray, you can read that Bible, those passages again, you can read your highlights, but right now you're going to sit with the Lord for 10 minutes, because my heart as a pastor is if you learn how to sit in the silence and read scripture and be a Christian that can be with God at church, you can do it throughout the week. A lot of people aren't taught how to do this and just forced to. Like, don't be awkward and leave. You're like, oh, you're going to, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But there's no right way to be with God. We're just giving you guys an opportunity to sit with the Lord. So 10 minutes and we're just going to sit with the Lord. I'm going to come back up and we're almost done. So 10 minutes of breathing, being with God and praying. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen, amen, amen. Um, so I hope you can uh, go throughout your week and uh, slowly and genuinely just get out of your own way. And the best way I know as a pastor to teach you guys that is to be still. Um, there's a common analogy or a metaphor that um, people that really teach stillness and quiet and solitude is that you just, you allow yourself when you sit and rest and allow God to speak. I know it's going to be, it's difficult and it's hard. And some of you guys have been coming into collective. You're, you're slowly seeing that like, that it's easy and 10 minutes is not enough. And you continue to go up th throughout your week and continue to practice this. But it's almost like you allow the messiness and the murkiness of life's in your in your, your your swamp in your lake you finally you stop and you allow all this stuff to settle to the bottom to finally get cl clarity and to get clear and to hear god's voice is to be still and that's going to look f different for everyone you know i go on walks and in the car or you know at, at home or in your room or in your closet or whatever that looks like but 10 minutes 10 minutes of silence and solitude, 10 minutes of prayer, 10 minutes of reading. Start somewhere. The Lord wants to speak to you and the truth will set you free. And I'll, I'll invite the guys and, and Beck back up, but um, I just want to close, close this. Um, whatever this was, it was a beautiful, beautiful night. Uh, with just a little reminder that you every single one of you guys do not have to be cleaned up to come to church. You don't have to be cleaned up and fixed and not broken and you don't have to be organized to come to church or to come to know Jesus. And I do want to remind you that if you don't call yourself a Christian, if you don't follow the name of Jesus, it is so simple. It's never supposed to be complicated. Loving God and loving others, never supposed to be complicated, but to come to Jesus and to be a Christian, you just say, you just have to believe. It's a free gift, free grace. God sent his son so that whoever believes in him, do you believe in him tonight? And it's simple as that. And in your, under your breath or in your mind or in your heart, just say, I believe in you, Jesus, and I want to follow you. And it's that simple. I'm so glad you guys came. Let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for um, leading the way tonight. Uh, Father, that I'll be honest, that was so uncomfortable for me to do and weird and I was anxious the whole time, but Father, you provided strength and courage for us to sit and listen to your word, the word that brings life, the word that brings direction, the word that brings clarity. Father, we have nothing else. If we're true and genuine to ourselves and we stop lying to ourselves, we don't have anything else but you. You're unmovable, you're unshakable, you're a firm foundation. We can build a life upon you. And Father, we're so sorry that if we've been doing life our own way, Father, we thank you for this family, this open-armed family, May you teach us what we know not and give us what we have not and make us who we are not. In Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen.